Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Gators Breakdown, episode 157, is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter, at GatorDays underscore SCC. And joining me for this episode is Blake Alderman from Swamp247. You can find him on Twitter, at Blake underscore Alderman. Uh, Blake, you guys uh, had great coverage of Friday Night Lights over at Salt 24-7. And, of course, it continues uh, with updates from the attendees just a few days later. So, uh, first of all, i got to ask you, though, have you recovered yet? Actually, the thing about Friday Night Lights that people don't understand is that Thomas Goldcamp is the real MVP of Friday Night Lights for <laughs> us. Luke and I are out there. We're grabbing the interviews. We're kind of getting the scene set. But Thomas is at home. He's churning and burning all these interviews for us and getting them all put up on the site. Mind you, he's putting them in our name, being a team player. So shout out Thomas Goldcamp. That was uh, that was the secret, the the man behind the music uh, on Friday Night Lights. But uh, you know, it was definitely a, a busy day starting from the morning when guys are arriving in there at, you know, like I think what time they start rolling in there it was like noon, something like that. So you know, after that and go until about 10 o'clock, something like that. Whenever all the guys get out of there, it's definitely a long day, and I'm uh, I'm glad it's only one day of the year. <laughs> well, well, definitely. Thanks uh, for joining me here. I'm on vacation. If people can't tell if they're watching live on YouTube or if they're going to watch the video version label, I'm in a, a vacation vacation house in North Carolina. So this would be a little bit of a shorter episode, but you know, I was uh, I had to wake up really really early Saturday morning and drive down here. So of course, you know, Friday night. I went to bed late, you know, looking for uh, every looking at Swamp twenty four seven and all that good stuff. Uh, but definitely couldn't let the week go uh, by without discussing Friday Night Lights with uh, you know, especially with the guy connected uh, and around the scene uh, as you were on Friday night. Absolutely, you know, it was uh, it was interesting watching the new staff. You know, every year you kind of see how each staff puts their own fingerprint on the camp. You know, uh, with how Will Muschamp did things. Uh, you know, even McElwain to where he kind of changed it into almost like a whole weekend of things going on there to uh, Mullen kind of sticking with that traditional, you know, everyone gets on there and competes. But uh, <clears throat> something a little new this year was that the guys went in to the IPF and kind of did a little bit of, uh, you know, 40s, you know, agility drills, vert, you know, kind of things like that. So the coaches could, you know, kind of see what maybe their testing numbers or however you want to call it, how they test out there, um, bringing them in there, you know, putting them in there, watching them do some workout things. 
um, you know, sitting in meetings with them and kind of even seeing how some of these guys are, you know, with their football IQ. So it kind of seemed that this was more of a kind of an evaluation camp, if you will. So these coaches really put these guys to the test and, uh, you know, even some of these 2020 guys and underclassmen like that, that got, you know, put through the ringer and stuff and a couple of offers obviously going out after some out of state kids. So, you know, all in all, it was a pretty uh, successful weekend and they had some guys that were back on campus Saturday. Um, you know, so it was, uh, it was a pretty busy weekend for sure. All right, we'll get to some specifics and some guys that were difficult to look look at that the Gators are really in for and uh, maybe going to be in for uh, in the future. But before we get there, remember, you can find all your Gators Breakdown episodes on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find Gators Breakdown episodes as well as the articles from the News for Jacks sports team. That's news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Our opponent previews that we've uh, just been churning out lately have been, are on there as well. So go back and uh, look at those and – all those coming up uh, as well. Tennessee coming up later on this week. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube if you want the video version. And when using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. Let Gator Nation know what they're getting with Gators Breakdown. And follow us on social media at Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook. So, Blake, you've kind of uh, established you know, the feel and the vibe of the camp. Uh, last year, of course, we go back and look at it. It was the, the kind of commitment barrage of Matt Corral and everything that kind of followed with that and you know it, it was kind of the more lighter part of Jim McElwain's career uh, going back a year ago now fast forward a year and you just kind of mentioned it was kind of more of uh, letting guys on the field and see what they can do and some of these agilities but as far as kind of the how did the players respond was it a kind of a jovial attitude or was it more serious for the players as well yeah, you know, the players – it's funny because the players that night actually had a workout with the team. It was like the final workout where they actually dressed up in costumes and did their workouts through there. So it was almost like a like a costume part of the workout, if you want to call it that. So it was kind of funny seeing some of the players out there with parts of their costume. You know, Andrew Chatfield dressed up like Chucky and had his Chucky doll out there. So, you know, it was kind of – there were some jovial parts to it for sure. Some of the players were actually getting, you know, really pumped up out of the one-on-one uh, wide receiver DBs, you know, seeing maybe some guy would catch a long pass on someone or torch a DB, and some of the wide receivers would actually run down to the end zone to celebrate with the uh, with the campers and stuff. So, you know, the, the players definitely had fun with it. You could tell there were a bunch of them out there watching the one-on-ones, watching the competition, and, you know, uh, it definitely draws some players out there. But I, I think that the players were already kind of looking ahead to their costume parties because some of those guys were, like, half-dressed up and half-ready to go because that uh, that workout actually started, like, I would say maybe 45 minutes to an hour uh, right after Friday Night Lights. So it was like they switched gears completely and, uh, you know, we're, we're at it in the weight room. Good though. And then, of course, you mentioned guys going through the workouts and the guy who kind of dominated the workouts and will start up top uh, as well for one of the highest ranked players as far as going after Kyrie Elam. It uh, looked like he was on point in all the drills and you, know, you, you could definitely tell the coaches noticed. I think you could tell uh, he noticed as well uh, going out there. But Kyrie Elam definitely kind of just stole the show and was the star of the night. You know, there were a lot of really talented defensive backs there at Florida. And, you know, a lot of guys that Florida absolutely would love to have in the class. But I think Elam really kind of took the cake there, um, just showed, you know, speed, athleticism. He showed length. You know, I think he showed everything you want in a defensive back. And, you know, kind of on the recruiting trail, I definitely think Florida is, is probably the team to beat in this recruitment. But I think he's going to continue to kind of let things play out, take some official visits, and, you know, stretch things into the fall. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State. 
LSU, Stanford, you know, a couple places like that have been mentioned as visits. I definitely think Florida will get him on campus this fall and, and obviously get an official visit from him too. At least that's what he's saying now. So, you know, I think Florida definitely factors high in that recruitment. He had not only coaches, but some of those commits. Jalen Jones was working him hard and was talking to him throughout the day. So, you know, I, I think Florida's in great shape with Elam. I would definitely consider them the team to beat, but there are still ways to go in that recruitment. And he doesn't seem like he's in any kind of rush to end things, at least not now. Right, I think if you know if we, if we could end it today, Gator fans would have to feel sure. good. But uh, sure. yeah, you're right. When with Georgia lurking back there, that's a, that's a scary thought with what they're doing on the trail right now. So, uh, um, all right, we'll move to a, a guy that was kind of everyone, all the fans were kind of looking at coming in was Dewan Black. You know, we we kind of heard uh, along the way uh, that he really wanted to get to Florida, wanted to see Florida, especially with Dan Mullen there now uh, on Flip Watch from Ole Miss, of course, and you know it, it came. Friday night, Friday night lights came and went. A couple of days later, still no uh, flip from from the one black right now. Uh, but he also looked on both sides of the ball going through the drills that he he also could make a name for himself. He was. He- you can tell that he was a former wide receiver. He's electric. You can tell he plays some safety too. Kind of doing those agility drills that I spoke about earlier, doing kind of the 40, the cone drills, and you know things where he really has to change direction. You can tell that, I mean, this guy, he, he's really athletic. I mean, he's a guy that's going to test really well. You know, even con- uh, down the future or whatever, if this is a guy that goes to the NFL combine, he's going to be a guy that like absolutely lights it up because, I mean, he is just freaky athletic, and you can tell that he's got – frame to grow into as a linebacker but you can kind of look at him he, he kind of looks like one of those rover type guys to where he could play some safety probably play some down the box I mean he is aggressive you can tell kind of doing drills where he had to make some plays on the ball he's got a nose for the ball I, I would love to see him in pads absolutely you know kind of as we go into the senior year as he continues to add that weight but you know I thought he was really impressive and you know if Elam definitely, I thought, stole the show as maybe with the best all-around performance, but Dewan Black was just as good, too. And, I mean, he's a guy that really thrives in those little, you know, those little drills where you have to show you're a twitchy guy that can react. And, I mean, I think he has a really high football IQ, and, I, I mean, I think he's, he's got really good football instincts. So, you know, I was really impressed with him as well. And I think that uh, – I think Florida's in good shape to, to flip that commitment. You know, it seemed like there was a lot of hype – coming into that visit and I, you know, you kind of wait for after these visits where some of these kids, maybe the visit high wears off. And I don't think we're seeing that there. I think Florida's still in there. Uh, maybe going to talk some things over with some family as he goes along. I think uh, Ole Miss is, you know, still just as big of a threat to, you know, to hold on to him in that recruitment still. I do think Florida that they should at least be worried about Florida. Mississippi state is another team that's going to continue to try to factor in there. But, you know, I think Florida's in great shape to pull up that flip, even though we've come a few days after Friday night lights and still no, you know, still no flip. I, I think they're still very much a threat to make that happen. Yeah, and it also looked like if you followed his mom on Twitter, she was loving every bit of it too. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, these guys. I mean, they have a really good connection with Dan Mullen, and that I wrote a story on Swamp Twenty Four Seven. Uh, it was February, March, whenever Florida offered him, and it was one of those things to where uh, Dewan actually called Mullen, and they talked, and he said, "So I guess I'm going to be a Gator, right?" And Mullen sent him back a Gator emoji, and you know, talked <laughs> to them a little bit there. So. You know, this is one that's been kind of in the works for a while that, you know, they just kind of gradually continue to kind of rekindle that flame and, you know, get him on campus. I mean, this kid, I, I don't think you saw him very far away from a coach, a mm. Florida commit, and he was all smiles the whole time. So I definitely think Florida made big moves on that visit. Good deal. And I think a guy we know Florida made big moves with uh, a few months ago made his way back to campus and Lloyd Summerall, and he was kind of attached at the hit with Keon Zipperer yeah. <laughs> the whole day, you know, reading updates from you guys. Uh, it looks, and, you know, 
and I saw you guys mention it, they may not be a package deal, but maybe close to it. Sure. You know, I, package deals, you know how they work in recruiting. Sometimes oh, yeah. they do stick, sometimes they don't. I, I do think that those guys are really good friends, and I think that they do have common interests. I think it's a Florida-Miami battle for both of those guys. So I do think you could see them wind up at the same school, and I, I think that they're going to take a lot of their visits together now. They're teammates at Lakeland High School with Lloyd coming from Auburndale. So, uh, you know, I think Florida made really big progress with both guys on the visit. I would say that even heading into this visit, Florida was probably the team to beat for Summerall. And, uh, you know, just kind of the scheme fit. He's that long, you know, athletic type of, you know, rush outside linebacker type of guy. And I think that the he's kind of sold on the scheme fit with Florida. You know, and I think that he's not going to be a guy that goes very far away from home. And I think with Florida kind of having that fit to where he could really thrive in, I think it's kind of kept them as a team to beat for a while. And he's continued to visit. He was there, and I think it was April was his first visit. He was back again in the end of May for the uh, for the cookout, and then comes back at the end of July there for that visit to Friday Night Light. So I think Florida has continued to kind of keep that momentum in that recruitment. He hasn't visited any other places since he's been quite, quite the regular in, in Gainesville too. So, you know, I think – the big player from those Lakeland guys was Keon Zipper getting back there for that camp for that campus visit. And I say that because I think in maybe even the earlier parts of June and kind of in the spring months there, I, I would really do think that Miami seemed to kind of have the momentum there. They got him on campus a couple times. I, I want to say one of the times Zipper wasn't even there and his little brother was down there for a basketball tournament and the coaches kind of took him around and showed him around too. So, you know, Miami really had some momentum in that recruitment there and getting him back, um, Florida has a big need at tight end. You know, he can kind of be that H back position where he could maybe, you know, hurt a defense in different ways and kind of had that a little bit better explained to him on the visit because kind of the last couple of visits, it's been uh, like he, when he stopped back by during his spring break, they did a campus tour of visits and hit Florida on their way back. It was kind of a rushed visit and this wasn't that. So this gave him a chance to kind of relax, you know, kind of really talk ball with the coaches and get a good feel for them again. So I definitely think Florida really closed the gap on Miami. I think it's really close. Both of those teams are definitely going to fight it out as we continue things in the fall. But, you know, Florida definitely made some noise with both of those guys, and I think they're in great shape with those both of them. All right. Blake Alderman from Swamp 24-7 joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Blake, let's kind of shift to focus a little bit to some guys Florida's maybe picking up steam with that kind of going into the weekend. We weren't necessarily – haven't heard a lot from these guys – or maybe we have just it's kind of been a while, but cornerback Jaden Hill, running back Naquan Wright, and also wide receiver Trey Knox. It's kind of there's kind of those three right there kind of caught my eyes, guys. That, oh, okay, Florida's more of a player now. Whenever I saw the question earlier, that was actually the three guys that I wrote down. So I'm okay. glad there. Jaden Hill, Florida offered him in June, and it was more of a South Carolina Tennessee battle at the time. He was there from Thursday evening, uh, really hit campus that early that Friday morning and stayed all the way until Sunday morning. So as far as everything I've checked out on, Florida really did a really good job with that visit, and he really likes the staff. And even heading into that time in camp on campus this weekend, he was hearing from, from, uh, from Coach Warren every day. You know, from, from about the last month, they've been on it talking every day, talking with Coach Warren, talking with Coach Sinceri, who recruits the state of Alabama. So, you know, I think that the tradition that Florida has had with – uh, defensive backs is something that's really appealing to him. I think that Florida's definitely in it. I would say if there was a team probably to watch closest still, it would probably be Tennessee. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Florida has definitely kind of cemented themselves into this because this was a guy that had high interest without ever visiting. So now that he's had that, I, I definitely think Florida is absolutely in there. Um, he's talked about maybe making an early fall commitment, so I don't know if we're going to see any more visits out of him. I kind of feel like he may want to take some official visits because the month of August is dead. So this could stretch maybe into like the earlier part of September. 
um, or he could make a decision there. I think with Florida's case, I think it would be better to see him take some more visits and kind of let him see Florida again. Personally, I don't usually like to see a guy visit one time and then make a decision there. Usually you want to see him follow back up and maybe make two or three visits or something like that to get a better feel. So, But I definitely think Florida really made big moves getting in there for the whole weekend and getting his family there. They were all really impressed. He was one of the few guys that got to try on the Jordan gear. So, you know, they definitely rolled out the red carpet for that guy for sure. Um, Naquan Wright uh, was missed his whole junior year with an injury, so he's kind of getting back to – you know, kind of getting back up to speed in the spring, got a chance to hit the field. That's whenever Florida got to see him uh, on the field. They sent uh, Coach Knox and Coach Johnson, who recruits the area down there, too, to watch him. So, you know, he was impressive out there, too. You know, I, he lined up at some running back. He took some reps at wide receiver. You know, he was uh, – for a running back, it's, it's hard to see a running back kind of shine at a camp like that where it's all shirts and shorts and – yeah. running little routes like that. But, you know, to see him catch the ball out of the backfield, I thought he had really good hands, and I think that he can catch the ball well. And, you know, it's, it's just another weapon, you know, it's just another weapon back there. And I was pretty impressed. You know, the knee didn't seem to be kind of a holdup, but that's one thing we'll obviously see how that plays out in the fall. But, you know, I think Florida's absolutely in there. He says that he's hearing from schools like Georgia, Florida State, uh, UCF, USF, in-state schools like that. You know, he was at Miami on Saturday for Paradise Camp. So, you know, I think schools are keeping an eye on him, but Florida's done a really good job uh, staying in touch with him every other day, you know, making that relationship. And I think one of the more t telling quotes that he gave me whenever on the visit was that he appreciates the loyalty from Florida. You know, having that injury and missing that part of this, all that part of the season last year and still hearing from them every day, you know, that, that meant something to him because, you know, this was a whole new staff that he's got to know. And it, it was kind of like, I don't want to say things never fell off because obviously there was a coaching transition, but he was a guy that they targeted early and, and, and has kept up conversations with him too. And I, I think that he, you know, showed that he could, what he's made of on the field and stuff. And I think that the coach has got a better feel for what he can do as a player. And I, I think he's one to kind of watch going forward if Florida wants to take a running back, because I do think that they are trending away from Trey Sanders, who seems to be trending towards Bama. So I think that he's a really solid prospect that if Florida wants to add a running back this class, he's one that I would keep the closest eye on. And then what was the last one you had on there? It was uh, Knox. Knox. He showed up on Saturday, and I think that was probably the best thing for him to show up on Saturday because there wasn't all those kids on campus. You know, there wasn't that chance to kind of – I don't want to say fight for attention because if you know if you're a recruit, you're going to get your time with those coaches and stuff. But I think the best part was that you know this was his first time coming back since the new staff. He got a chance to hang out with Coach Gonzalez, Coach Mullen, Coach Cordell Landers, who works in the recruiting offices for Florida. So uh, he kind of got you know that red carpet treatment, so to say, and he got a chance to you know kind of take pictures in the jerseys. I saw he took a picture in the swamp, kind of sitting in there by himself. So you know he, it's always a good chance to to get a chance to you know have that personal time with those guys, and I, I think he really enjoyed that. Mullen recruits those bigger style wide receivers, and that's kind of the mold he fits in. Uh, he will be uh, making his decision on October 1st. He says he's going to take some official visits before then. He's planning to be at uh, Penn State uh, September 1st, Florida on September 8th when they host Kentucky, and then he'll make a visit again to see Florida when they play Tennessee, when he official visits Tennessee for the Florida game on September 22nd. So that'll be the final visit there before the uh, for his uh, commitment date on the beginning of October. I think – Kind of looking at it, I, I, Arkansas seemed to be a factor going in there. I, I don't know if they don't get an official. I, I would think that kind of makes their their uh, chances slim. Mm -hmm. I think the two schools to keep an eye on are Tennessee and Florida. But I, I definitely think Florida is absolutely in there, and I think he had a really good time and already kind of knew those coaches from when they were at Mississippi State and kind of picked things up again. So I definitely think those two schools are in it, and Florida impressed them really good on Saturday. Mm, so Tennessee-Florida battles for Jaden Hill and Tennessee-Florida for Trey Knox. That would be, be some good battles there. It's looking like it.
Yeah. Uh, Blake, anything else for as far as Friday Night Lights go? And, uh, you know, of course, you know, some fans are kind of a little disappointed for, for some commitments not happening uh, soon that night or, or soon after. Uh, sure. So, so some uh, worries should be alleviated pretty soon maybe? You know, I think Florida is in a really good spot to still, like I said, flip Dewan Black. I think that they made a really good progress with Keon Zipperer and really cemented themselves in there. Uh, continue to hold that lead for Lloyd Summerall. And obviously, uh, Chester Kimbrough is one that I, I think was leaning Florida before the visit. I, I Leaning more, even more after the visit. Just kind of one of those things whenever he wants to get the ball rolling. And I think he could be a guy to, to keep an eye on him and Dewan are the ones I'm keeping the closest eye on following that. So, you know, I, I know that's obviously, you know, would have been great for that staff to get that, to get that momentum for Friday night lights. But you get those guys to go public and jump on board. I think people won't care. And whenever it does yeah. happen. So as long as it happens, I think is what everyone cares about now. Oh, and right. another guy too, those uh, 2020 quarterback that kind of came after that Anthony Richardson, yep. the Gainesville guy. I thought he was impressive. I, I got a chance to really kind of see him throw for the first time. He's got big frame kind of reminds me. I don't want to say Cam Newton esque, but, you know, because that's obviously lofty expectations. But I think he has that build to where he's a big dude that can run and throw, and I think he's going to be a guy that fits in well that offense. And I think another dynamic he brings to the table is obviously whenever he visits within NCAA guidelines, this is a guy in Gainesville. You know, he can mm -hmm. easily get there for campus to watch practices whenever he's able to. So, I mean, this is a guy that can really kind of soak up a lot of things about the offense and, you know, could probably even know it like the back of his hand before he even gets to Gainesville. So I think that's an interesting thing he brings to the table too. Yeah, with him, you know, of course, the 2020 commit, quarterback commit, that's Anthony Richardson and Blake was talking about there. But also today, defensive end Kedrick Bingley, jo Bingley Jones also committed. And Blake, you know, you and I, we, we kind of discussed, we're more concerned about the 2019 class, but good start so far with 2020 picking up two more uh, of these guys. Sure, and I think it's actually, when I looked last on the 24-7 sports rankings, I think it's actually the number seven class in 2020. So getting off to a strong start. Absolutely, absolutely. So – you know, 2019 may not be going so far the way fans want it, uh, but, you know, 2020 off to a great start there. So, Blake, we'll wrap it up uh, before we uh, let you go. You know, we don't get to talk much just pure football with you when we have you on. So, we want to get your feeling uh, of the team just in, in and of itself going into fall camp. Of course, fall camp starts uh, this weekend as the Gators uh, hit uh, hit the field, uh, hit the practice field and get ready uh, for the season. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on how this season may turn out? You know, I think – Weirdly, one of the more exciting things I'm excited to see about for this season is that Florida may not be the smallest team on the field every Saturday anymore. <laughs> so from seeing those guys and kind of the pictures they posted of transformations and stuff, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm excited to see, you know, in the weight room getting stronger and seeing those gains and those things paying off. I'm excited to see those things on the football field because if you're a bigger person, you hit someone, you're always going to hit them a lot harder and have a lot more power. So I think first and foremost, I think that's things I, I think if you ask any fan in the world of Gator fans, what they're more excited to see, I think it's to see that those that weightlifting program has worked off and, you know, not looking like the smallest team every Saturday. But other than that, expectations, I, I think that. The schedule definitely benefits Florida to have that first-year head coach. I think it's a little bit easier of a schedule and kind of lets them, uh, you know, shock the world, so to say, if you want to call it that, kind of in that season and, and make that first strong impression on fans heading into year uh, year one with Dan Mullen. But I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, it's the quarterback. I think this team's going to go as far as the quarterback can take you. Um, you know, Dan Mullen obviously shows over the years that he can produce those quarterbacks. And I think really the key factor here is, you know, can he kind of – fix what's in here for Felipe Franks. You know, I think that that will be the biggest dividends there. Obviously talented running backs, 
I think the linemen, um, you know, having that experience coming back, and I think Hevesy is, you know, uh, you can say what you want about him as a recruiter, but I think he's a great coach, and I think you're going to see those kind of those things pay off of, you know, him teaching them to be a little bit more aggressive. And, you know, he seems like he teaches people to be nasty, you know, on the field. And that's what Florida's offensive line has not had over the years. So, you know, kind of seeing that offense get fixed up, the defense kind of, you know, having a little bit more experience because they were pretty young last year. So I, I think it's, you know, there's a lot to like about this team for sure. But again, it's going to go as far as your quarterback can take you. All right. A couple more questions, Blake, about the season. And we'll go, I'll stay, stay right there at quarterback. Just a, a random question just to kind of ask you, which quarterback do you think has more starts for the season, Franks, Trask, or Jones? I think it's going to be Franks. I think eventually you're going to see uh, Jones get in the mix and kind of have certain packages in there. You know, to where he can maybe have some effect in the red zone, maybe throwing, passing, or you know, or running, passing, whatever you want to have it. But I think Franks is going to be the guy for Florida this season. All right, then of course, you know, SEC Media Days was a couple weeks ago, and uh, media made their pick. Uh, of course, so they picked Florida third in the East behind Georgia and South Carolina. Where would you have picked Florida? I think I would have probably picked him around third. I think that it's going to be close, and you know, it, it's. I wouldn't be surprised if that record is is them be two or three somewhere in there. Yeah. I think that that's going to be kind of the battle there. I think Georgia's, when you look at them, you know, they're just going to be hard to beat. You know, they just look like they've, you know, replacing some running backs. They've got some, obviously, some key positions to fill of their own. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, they've got a talented guy. I think it's Swift is the guy that's going to be them for this year. Yeah. You know, he's a really good running back, too. So I think they have a lot of pieces to fill in there. So I think the biggest thing right now is I think that Florida South Carolina game is going to be a big season for whoever does finish second or, you know, Florida can overcome uh, Georgia and, and Jacksonville. Obviously, I think everyone will be really happy for that. But I think that for me, that's the game that I'm going to keep the closest eye on in the East is that Florida South Carolina game. Yeah, because that, that yeah that may come down to uh, whoever you know gets second in the East and higher sure. tier for higher tier for bowl games and sure. all, all and that. You game. never know that you know Georgia could drop a game yeah. too in the conference too. So you know there there could be a lot of implications there. And obviously Florida wants to win more of than you know games than they lose <laughs> in, this, in the conference. So, uh, but for me, I think that's the biggest game I'm going to watch. Yeah, be some good momentum too uh, late in the season as well. Sure. So, uh, you know, going into FSU a couple weeks later. So. Uh, Blake, okay, of course, like I said, uh, camp coming up this week. What you guys got going on at Swamp 24-7? We're going to be having wall-to-wall coverage with uh, Media Day coming up this week and camp starting up, and Thomas Goldcamp and Bob Redman will have a lot of coverage from that. And I'm going to continue to have some coverage uh, from Friday Night Lights throughout the week, just some of the last kind of uh, interviews that I had in the tank there to kind of put out there, and, uh, you know, it should be fun. All right, absolutely. Like I said, it'll be a little bit shorter of an episode. I'm on vacation, so I'm going to go uh, enjoy myself. And I know Blake said uh, he's heading out soon, too, as well. So, uh, as I said, you can find Blake uh, Alderman on Swamp 24-7. You can find him on Twitter also at Blake underscore Alderman. Uh, be sure to check out opponent previews. The Gators break down opponent previews coming up. Like I said, Tennessee coming out uh, later this week. We've already released Kentucky, already released Colorado State. Tennessee coming up next on the Gators Breakdown opponent previews. So, uh, Blake, hey, man, thank you so much for uh, talking recruiting and uh, Florida football here on Gators Breakdown. Thanks, man. All right, and I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.